हेलो एवरीबॉडी वेलकम टू आवर पॉडकास्ट गीता मंत्रा फॉर सक्सेस वी मूव ऑन टू चैप्टर 12 टुडे दिस इज द शॉर्टेस्ट चैप्टर एंड इज नोन एज द पाथ ऑफ डिवोशन ओके दिस चैप्टर फोकसेस ऑन डिवोशनल सर्विस एंड द काइंड ऑफ स्टेजेस वन मे अंडरगो टू अचीव दीस सर्विसेज सो प्लीज continue okay so this chapter begins with a question as to which is the best mm-hmm. the worship of the akshara mm-hmm. which means the indefinable impersonal brahman mm-hmm. or that of the absolute person which is krishna yes if you remember in the last chapter krishna showed uh, his universal form mm-hmm. and so by this chapter it is established that he is the absolute truth for those who are into bhakti yoga absolutely true so krishna replies that those who worship him Uh, fixing their minds on him mm. uh, meditating on him with devotion faith and concentration they are the best snores of this bhakti yoga all right so that's bhakti yoga and he reminds arjuna again god can be experienced in two ways mm. one is nirguna and the other is saguna these are two ways okay mm. mm-hmm. so nirguna is the eternal all pervading and omnipresent divine consciousness mm. and saguna is the manifestation of god in some form mm-hmm. so nirguna again is the worship of god without any form okay saguna is the worship of god with some form mm. so nyana yoga you know mm. he spoke about nyana yoga or knowledge that is nirguna okay makes sense bhakti or devotion with one pointedness of mind thinking of a gods mm. that is saguna Okay mm-hmm. perfect makes sense So again nirguna is knowledge so nirguna bhakti there is some sort of self reliance mm. because there is no form of god right so um, so your mind and senses have no tangible object to relate to I understand So you have to be very disciplined here independent mindful and have more control on your mind to follow the path of nirguna Again also you have to find the source of inspiration within yourself Makes sense uh, and you have to rely entirely upon your self effort for progress that is nirguna makes sense but now saguna is full of love tenderness the warmth of feelings and complete dependence on god mm. which has a form mm. uh, and one can feel very secure with this dependency because you are dependent on the form there mm. and also saguna is the source of inspiration which means god can be the source of inspiration mm-hmm. uh so basically in saguna aspect you develop a relationship with god as some personality mm. um so he appears in human form and makes it easier for you to accept the concept of the absolute truth makes um, sense so you know here the mind can easily focus upon it and increase its attachment to the lord which mm-hmm. is also is ishwara mm-hmm. or the absolute truth so in short both nirguna and saguna are favored by krishna mm-hmm. they're just two sides of the same coin right Perfect. Uh, so the only difference is nirguna is more of a self journey mm-hmm. you are on your own saguna on the other hand you are in a relationship with god mm-hmm. so you know god is there as your guide your friend uh, you know your mentor whatever however you want to take it interesting interesting mm. and as i said earlier krishna mm. has been talking about the concept of nirguna from the very beginning yeah. right up to the 
you know eighth or ninth chapter mm-hmm. yeah he's been talking he's been saying god or force or energy mm-hmm. in in a nurgana form mm-hmm. meaning without any form mm-hmm. uh, is everywhere and mm-hmm. in everything mm-hmm. that's what he's been saying from before mm-hmm. but i guess he understands that it's not easy to understand uh, this concept of nirguna for most humans mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but it is easier to have a divine personification as an image or mm-hmm. a figure mm-hmm. towards whom humans can direct their feelings to so the concept of saguna in this case absolutely because you know humans we are driven by emotions that's mm. why we are humans and also for many it is quite difficult to worship isura in his formless aspect mm. uh, you know because our sense of attachment to the body creates a sort of wall mm. a kind of separation between the devotee and isura mm. uh, so we are carrying these conditionings of several lifetimes mm. that's what krishna also suggests here perhaps you know that prevent us from assessing isura in this um, formless aspect mm. i want to comment about this god's will concept so you know in general when we perform any actions mm. we look for a tangible material results mm. uh, either it's a monetary profit or emotional results or happiness mm. or an intellectual results for example satisfaction you know mm. so somehow if the results are not as anticipated people make peace with it mm. because they think okay it's god's will i understand mm. and i'll try next time as long as uh, we try and try and mm. we keep taking action i'm fine with the concept of god's will but not taking action in the name of god's will mm. is again actually criticized by krishna mm. remember when we spoke about karma and akarma yes. right mm. karma is taking action mm. but akarma is not taking any action which krishna criticizes mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so let's not forget either you follow the path of nirguna or saguna mm. you still cannot indulge in the pleasure of the senses mm. right mm-hmm. you still need to have the same moral ethical and spiritual qualities mm. no matter which path you choose to take mm. this one or that one yeah. right mm. hatred towards none mm-hmm. friendly and compassionate towards all yeah, freedom from attachment and egoism mm-hmm. equanimity mm-hmm. forgiving mm. steadfast in meditation self controlled firm in conviction mind and intellect mm. so it all goes back to the same qualities of a karma yogi and gyana yogi again oh. so they're all the same different oh. paths uh, absolutely you know true bhakti yogi is no different from karma or gyana yogi mm. their characters like you said are almost the same mm. it is just that they have chosen different paths to reach the same destination mm-hmm. so you can take routes a b or c mm. as long as you reach the destination that is absolutely fine mm-hmm. however mm-hmm. if your bhakti towards your god mm. is making you hate others mm. you become violent angry you too attached or you're filled with prejudice you're not choosing the true god to follow so i always say choose your god wisely absolutely yeah. absolutely mm. and i think this is the perfect time to discuss karma kanda uh, we touched upon it in chapter 2 but mm. i don't think we went really in detail mm-hmm. and krishna actually criticizes it mm-hmm. so what is karma kanda right mm. karma kanda refers to ritual services mm. uh, that are preferred by swamis or religious priests mm. in exchange for dakshinas or other offerings mm. right the traditional priests advocated it as a necessary religious duty or karma yeah. mm-hmm. right and krishna basically criticizing saying hey that's not the right way okay so he says do all these yagyas to please these puranic gods and goddesses but those practices might elevate you and your ego mm-hmm. but they will never liberate you 
That's pretty much what he says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And there are many great sadhus and philosophers such as Adi Shankaracharya himself mm. who started getting delusional about our Hindu practices mm. to please these so-called gurus, priests or leaders. Mm-hmm. They have actually challenged this notion of bhakti. Mm. And it is applicable even today. Yeah, leaders course. and gurus are still misleading people in the name of religion or bhakti. Mm-hmm. Or God, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Krishna knew this. That in every period, every generation, there will be humans Mm. who will be misled by the path of Karmakanda. Mm. And he keeps telling us, this is not the path of a yogi. Again, you know, it goes back to choose your God wisely. Mm. If your God is making you hate others. Then it's not God. Then you're not following the true God. That's not Bhakti. That's not God. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to follow the path of true Bhakti Yoga, Mm -hmm. then there are some of the tips which uh, Krishna has suggested which i'm going to for this path for Mm. this path Mm. for bhakti yoga one is shravana Mm -hmm. which refers to the constant listening to ishwara's glories then kirtanam which is a singing and chanting in the name of ishwara Mm -hmm. smaranam Mm. which is refers to constant remembering of ishwara the fourth is pada sevanam Mm -hmm. which is adoring ishwara's feet Archanam, which mm. is worshipping Ishwara in temples or in our own homes. Mm-hmm. Sixth is Vandanam, is mm. offering prayers. Dahasyam, mm. which is to consider ourselves as servants of Ishwara. Sakyam, which mm-hmm. is considering ourselves as friends of Ishwara. And finally, Atmani Vedana, mm. where we completely offer ourselves to Ishwara. And lastly, Krishna says, true Bhakti Yogi, they are absolutely free from the following. Dvesa, mm-hmm. which is hatred. Mm. Ahankara, which mm. is ego. Udvega, anxiety. Amarsa, which is envy. Bhayam, which is fear. Apeksha, which is dependence. And Soka, grief. They are free from all these vices. And for those who are not into the path of Saguna, we have the path of Nirguna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess more or less Krishna is saying the same thing. Mm. Either you follow the path of Nirguna where God has no form mm-hmm. and you're on your own self-reliant mm. or saguna where god has a form and you have an attachment with god the end goal is to reach the state of joy and tranquility as mm. we call enlightenment or mm. moksha mm. right mm. and that can only happen when you let go of your hatred ego prejudice it's that simple yeah. whether you follow this path or the other path mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same i think with this we can complete chapter 12 see you in the next chapter thank, thank you, you.